I'm asking you, Lord, today to open every heart and every life to receive the Word of God. May your anointing rest upon your servant. May your kingdom come. And may your will be done. And for these things, we give you thanks and we give you praise. In Jesus' name. And the church said, Amen. You, every single one of you that profess to know Jesus as Savior, that profess to know Him as Lord, you have a directive from God. On this Pentecost Sunday, 2021, as I did last week, I admonish you to hear the word of the Lord from Ephesians 5.18 and to be filled with the Spirit. Say it with me. Be filled with the Spirit. Let's say it again. Be filled with the Spirit. By our very nature, we ask the question, what can I gain? How can I benefit from being filled with the Holy Ghost? What can the Holy Ghost do for me? In the service last Sunday, we began discussing the benefits of being filled with the Spirit from on high. Now, now to be clear, according to Scripture, being filled with the Spirit is a definitive and distinctive work of God's grace that is separate and following salvation. While there is a measure of God's Spirit present at salvation, and John chapter 3 tells us when a person is born again, they are born of the Spirit. Holy Ghost baptism is that engulfing, that endowment of power from on high, that filling, that overflowing that is granted to you, and it's for kingdom purposes. At salvation, there is a measure of God's Spirit involved. God's Spirit drew you to the Lord. You were born again. You were born of the Spirit. There is a portion of God's Spirit that is involved in a person's salvation. But when a person is Holy Ghost baptized, it is an overflowing. It is a filling from top to bottom, of the soul, the spirit, the mind, the body. I think we need to understand the difference between the two. Now let me tell you this, God does not want to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit so you can speak in tongues. That has never been God's intent for giving you the Holy Ghost. Tongues are simply a sign 
according to the biblical patterns found in the book of Acts, that a person has been filled with the Holy Spirit. You can find it in Acts chapter 2. You can find it in Acts chapter 10. You can find it in Acts chapter 19. People that had already started as followers of the Lord, they had already accepted Jesus into their heart and were asked questions like, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And on one occasion, they responded by saying, we have not so much as heard whether there be a Holy Ghost. And then there was a move of God and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Last week, in our, in, as we shared, we talked about a couple of blessings and benefits, and, and the first of which I just want to briefly visit, and that is, it could be argued that the primary purpose for being filled with the Spirit is that the Holy Ghost gives us power to witness. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus said, you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. In Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and under the uttermost parts of the earth. And we talked about last week the, that in the temple we are to be witnesses. When we come together in the house of God, Acts chapter 5 shows us that we are to be witnesses. But not just witnesses in the temple, but we're also to be witnesses in the city or in our case in the town, in, in the county, in the surrounding area. Acts chapter 18 tells us and shows us that we are uh, to be witnesses unto the Lord. And then, and then we're to be witnesses to all men, everyone that we come in contact with, family, friend, neighbor, stranger, co-worker, everyone that we come in contact with, we should be such a light in their lives that we have an effect upon them. Acts 22 tells us through the life of the Apostle Paul that we are to be witnesses to all men. So in the temple, in the city, to all men, the Holy Ghost power given to us is so that we can be witnesses and tell people about Jesus Christ. We're not only to be, we need Holy Ghost power to be witnesses. Not only do we need Holy Ghost power to be witnesses. The second thing we talked about last week in the message was that we need the Holy Ghost baptism so that we have the power to pray. Oh, how we need to be spirit-filled. How we need a spirit-filled prayer life today. If we've ever needed it, we need it today. You should be spirit-filled and pray for your marriage. You should be spirit-filled and pray for your children. Come on, somebody help me this morning. You should be spirit-filled and pray for your church. You should be spirit-filled and pray for your country and your leaders. You should be spirit-filled and praying for your lost loved ones, for the Bible tells us that when you're spirit-filled and the burden of your heart becomes more than you can handle, the scripture says in Romans 8 and verse 26 that the spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. In the book of Jude, we referenced it last week, when a person is praying in the Spirit, an unknown, a foreign, or an angelic tongue, and they don't understand it, and the people around them don't understand it. There is one that does understand it, and that is the Holy Ghost from heaven, and he takes those 
prayers on the wings of a dove and he flies them into the very throne room of God and Jude tells us we build upon our most holy faith when we are praying in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if you want to take your prayer life to a whole new level, be ye filled with the Spirit, pray in the Spirit, intercede in the Spirit, and you will be amazed at how your prayer life will go to a new level in Jesus Christ. Can someone say amen? So the Holy Ghost filling is for power to witness, and the Holy Ghost infilling is for power to pray. Today I want to continue in this, in this vein, in this thought on this Pentecost Sunday. I, I want to tell you that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have power to resist your enemies. When you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you have power to resist your enemies. Now, to be clear, there are enemies that are against your soul. I know sometimes it seems like it, but the enemies against your soul is not your spouse. It's, it's not your children. It's not even your cantankerous old boss. It's not the pastor. It's not another person in the church. It's not your neighbor that criticizes how you cut your grass. It's not the parent that mistreated you when you were growing up. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. There's no one that's clothed in humanity that is our enemy. But let me point out today that we do have some enemies. I want to point out three of them today that we must all be aware of. First enemy of our soul is the devil. Satan is your enemy. Whereas we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, we do wrestle against principalities and powers and against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. There is a devil out there that has a target on your back. He has imps that are assigned to destroy you every way they possibly can. My pastor used to always say it like this, the devil's job is to destroy you and take you to a premature grave and ultimately to a devil's hell. Peter tells us in his epistle that Satan is as a roaring lion roaming about seeking whom he may devour. And there are times my friend that, as, and that, 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 it, that we have an all-out spiritual war with the devil. We understand that he's trying to take us out, and it's imperative that we embrace the arsenal of heaven that is at our disposal. In that same Ephesians chapter 6, the scripture tells us about the whole armor of God. I've taught on the whole armor of God. I've listened to lessons on the whole armor of God, and every part of the armor of God is important. And I'll, I'll talk about them a little more in a moment, but have have you ever stopped to consider the role of the Holy Ghost and what the role of the Holy Spirit is when it comes to helping us put on the whole armor of God? Uh, first of all, we, we hear the Apostle Paul say in Ephesians chapter 6, we're to have our loins girt about with truth. And yet, the truth is, the Holy Spirit is the one that guides us into all truth. We're also supposed to have on the breastplate of righteousness, and yet it is the Holy Holy Spirit through conviction that leads us to live righteously before the Lord. Thanks be unto God for the Holy Spirit conviction that pricks our heart and tells us what is right and what is wrong. 
We are to have our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel according to uh, the scripture there. But can I tell you, it is the Holy Spirit that illuminates the gospel to your heart and illuminates the gospel to your mind. We are to take up the shield of faith, but it is the Holy Spirit that increases faith in our prayer life, as we said earlier, when we're praying in the Spirit. We're to wear the helmet of salvation. Thanks be unto God, it is the Holy Spirit that it reassures us of our salvation. There are sometimes the greatest realization you can have in this war-torn world, in the conflict that you find yourself in, the greatest realization that you have and that you need is this reality, and that is simply that I am saved, that I am blood-bought, that I am redeemed, that I am on my way to heaven. If you count on your family, they may question if you're saved. If you count on the world, they'll certainly tell you you're not saved. But can I tell you, the Holy Spirit is always there to remind you that you put on the helmet of salvation and you are saved. He has redeemed you from the hand of the enemy. And then finally in that whole armor of God, uh, the Apostle Paul writes and says, have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Oh, praise His name. It is our foundation. It is our offensive weapon against the enemy is this blessed book, and it comes through the power of the Spirit. Can I tell you, this book is great. It's wonderful, but it's not any good to you or I if the Spirit of God is not working hand in hand with the Word of God. Jesus said it himself. He said, the letter killeth, but it is a Spirit that gives life. So when you stand upon the Word of God and you're filled with the Holy Ghost and fire, you have got the greatest weaponry you can have against the enemy of your soul. I'm telling you, there may be someone in here today, you feel like you're in the battle of your life and the battle has numbed you and weakened you and immobilized you and blinded you and you think this is the worst time, the worst place, and you are facing your worst foe, but I'm telling you, you are a spirit-filled woman of God. You are a Holy Ghost man of God. This is not the time to turn your swords into plowshares and your spears into pruning hooks. Exactly the opposite. You've not been touched. You've not been touched with the Holy Ghost and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost so rise up and claim the power over the enemy and embrace the victory God wants you to live in with a spirit filled life why? Because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds so the next time the imps of darkness are nipping at your heels you rise up and you say I'm a spirit filled child of God I've got the whole armor of God and send them back to hell where they came from. Greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. Hallelujah. You have God-given authority. You do not have to live in defeat to the devil. But the devil's not your only enemy. There is the world. The world system is your enemy. Not the people in the world. Some of you like for it to be the people in the world. But it's not the people in the world. It's the world system. It's the modern day Egypt. It's the ideologies that reject Jesus as the Christ. 
That's the world. It's the world's words and the world's language and the world's ideas. It's the world's religions. It's the world's sensual appetites. It's the world's places of entertainment. And yes, hello, it's even the world's appearance. It is the world. It is Egypt. We, like the children of Israel, the day we accepted Jesus, we left the world a long time ago. And we've got to make up our mind that we are in the world, but we are not of the world. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This is how critical it is. If the Son of God perceived that the world system is an enemy of his children, we better wake up and smell the roses. Worldly ways are not of God. Now, I know this isn't popular, and I'm living in 2021. I'm not naive. I'm not blind to the reality that, that there, there are many that so-called professing uh, Bible preaching, supposedly, are putting a message out there that you can kind of hold hands with both the world and, and also hold hands with Jesus. That simply is not biblical. In John 17 and verse 14, Jesus prayed a prayer for his disciples, and he prayed a prayer for you, the very ones that are sitting in this room today. Listen to what he said. He said in his prayer, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. Because they, that's you and I, are not of this world, even as I, Jesus, is not of this world. We should not be surprised or alarmed if the world hates us. We shouldn't be alarmed. We should not be alarmed when we try to take a stand for righteousness and we're accused of being religious hate mongers. That's happened the last few weeks, by the way. And just so you know, it, just in case you walk out of church today and you see a pride parade across the street, ah, just don't pay no attention to it. Because we done poked the bear. It's the truth. But that's a world system. And Jesus prayed in that prayer and said, these are my followers and the world is going to hate them. And then he went on in verse 15, and when he was praying to the Father, this is what he said. He said, I pray not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil of the world. Jesus knew when he prayed for his disciples, and he prayed for us that would believe on his word through his disciples. He knew that the only answer for us to live victoriously would come in the person of the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit and with the fire of heaven, it will keep you from succumbing to the world. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching. I'm, you're preaching good. Thank you. I keep an imaginary drummer up there to help me preach. A bold statement that's in the New Testament is this. Friendship with the world is enmity with God. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 tells us, his word to us, wherefore, come out from among them, 
Be ye separate people, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. James 1.27 tells us, even though we live in this world, we are to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. I'm so concerned about the church in these last days that we've allowed the world to infiltrate the church when it was actually God wanted us to infiltrate and impact the world. I'm telling you right now, the world does nothing for you. Jesus does everything for you. Including giving you the spirit so desperate that you so desperately need to overcome the world. I'm telling you the devil is your enemy. We know, we know clearly that he is our enemy. But I'm telling you the world system is also your enemy. And I don't have to sit up here and give you a list of don'ts and do's and some of the stuff that has come down the hatch over the years. If we will be spirit-filled, we will know what pleases and what displeases God. So the devil is your enemy. The world system is your enemy. But then there's a third enemy, and it's one that none of us can avoid. I can send the imps of hell fleeing by the authority that's in the name of Jesus, and they'll go away like they did with Jesus in the 40 days in the wilderness, and they'll, they'll go away for a period, and they'll come back another time. I have authority to cast the devil out of my presence. I'm a child of God. I don't have to yield to the world's systems and ideologies. Just because the world shouts it doesn't mean I have to receive it. But this next enemy is probably the toughest one because we deal with it every single day. It's called the flesh. The lust of your flesh is your enemy. Every one of us deal with it. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul talks about the inner soul of man and the victory over the flesh that we can have if we are Holy Spirit filled. Listen to what he says, Galatians 5.19 in the Amplified. It tells us what the works of the flesh are. Immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, divisions, a party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. And Paul warned them in the Ephesian, in Galatian church, he said, I warn you beforehand and just as I did previously that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They are the works of the flesh. Let, <laughs> let's be honest. I said it already. The first enemy of our soul is for sure the devil. But the fact of the matter is, some of you are blaming the devil for things, and he's a thousand miles away from your ungodly decisions. Last time I checked, the devil is not omnipresent. Last time I checked, unlike Jesus, he can't be everywhere one time. I kind of felt that bounce back. We want to blame the devil. Oh, the devil made me do it. No, you gave in to your flesh. 
And the greatest writer of the New Testament, who wrote the majority of the New Testament, he said, when I will to do good, evil is present. He said, the flesh is constantly warring against the spirit, and the spirit is constantly warring against the flesh. It's something that we have to work at every single day of our life, the lust of the flesh. But in the same chapter, the Bible says, though the flesh wars against the spirit and the spirit wars against the flesh, it also gives us a verse of victory. You know what that verse of victory is? Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How can you walk in the Spirit unless you are filled with the Spirit? That's how you get your flesh under control. You get your flesh under control by being filled with the Holy Ghost. You get your flesh under control by living and walking in the Holy Spirit. It's your flesh that causes you to live out of control. Well, it feels good. That don't mean it is good. Well, it feels right. That don't mean it is right. Well, you need to loosen up. No, you need to tighten up. I thought I came to church so you'd make me happy. No, I, you came to church so I would preach to you so you can be holy. For without holiness, no man shall see the Lord. God didn't call me to make you happy. God said, I'm sending you to Pulaski, and I want you to preach my word from Genesis to Revelation because it's only going to be a remnant that's going to go out of here. Just because they profess it doesn't mean they possess it. Oh, help me. Israel battled its own desires. They were slaves for Pete's sake. They were, they were slaves. God showed them ten plagues, walked them through a dry riverbed, provided water from the rock, provided manna and quail from heaven in the wilderness. And what did they say when things got tough? Oh, if we just had a leader to take us back to the leeks and onions of Egypt. I mean, I like onions on my salad. I stepped away to go to the restroom yesterday. We had gotten a salad. I come back, and my salad is loaded with onions. My wife said, I blessed you with some more onions. And my breath smelled like it the rest of the evening. That wasn't the only thing that happened yesterday. I'm going to get off on the flesh here since I'm preaching on the flesh. I found a new revelation. There is such thing for us big guys as 2XB. I'd never heard 2XB before. I've heard of 2XL. I've heard of 2XLT. I've never heard of 2XB. When I found out what 2XB was, I said, man, that's me. I go to tell my wife, there's 2XB. I can get 2XB. What do you think B means? My mother-in-law says it probably means extra belly. I was going with extra broad. 
or extra big. I wasn't looking for extra belly. <laughs> I'm sorry, God, I've completely lost my train of thought. They said, we want to go back to the leeks and onions. Just give us a leader. Just give us a leader and we'll go back. Things got a little tough. How does that, that, you say, well, that's crazy that they did that. And yet that happens to more people, more believers than you think. That lore, that lust of the flesh, well, I kind of miss the good old days. There's nothing good about the good old days when you were out in the world, when you were serving Satan. No, the good old days was when you go back to chains and slavery and bondage. And so the devil wants to paint a picture of the party life, the prestige, the wealth. He, he's not going to remind you of the misery of your conscience, the unsettled life that lacked peace. I'm telling you, there's nothing to go back to. No matter the pressure you face to conform, you can, you should, you must overcome. How can I overcome the devil? How can I overcome the world? How can I overcome the flesh? By being filled with God's Spirit. Walk in that Spirit. And you will live victoriously. God help us. If the church ever forgets that we were born of the Holy Ghost. I can't speak to any other church. But all my life I've been in the church of God. I'm thankful I'm part of the church of God. But if we forget that we were born of the Spirit and that the life of what we have is not my charisma, it's not your talents, it's not the electricity generated through this building, the life that we have is the unction of the Holy Ghost. We will become a spiritual tomb and we will, our church membership will become a mere census of a cemetery. Brother Jerry, I don't want to. I don't want to be part of a cemetery. God called me forth from the tombs. I'm not going back to the tombs. I want the Spirit. Holy Ghost. It's not a part of the menu. We must. We must be filled with the Spirit from on high. I'm getting ready to close. One day a young minister was being escorted through a coal mine. And at the entrance of one of the dimmed passageways, he was amazed when he spotted a beautiful white flower. And he asked the guide, he said, how can this 
grow in such purity and radiance in this dirty mine. The guide, having been there before, said, reach down and pick up some of the dust. So he did. He reached down. The young minister did. He reached down, picked up some of the dust, and he said, throw it on top of the flower. He reached down, picked up some of that black dust and threw it on top of that white flower. And the, the sooty particles just slid right off, leaving the, leaving the plant lovely and unstained as before. The surface was so smooth that the grime and the grit wouldn't adhere to it. Man, I'm telling you, when I read that, it just leaped in my spirit. Just as a flower could not control its environment, there are times we cannot help it as to our environment and our surroundings. We live in a world with so much perverted evil. But through His power, through His Spirit, we can remain pure and above reproach in a world full of corruption. How do you do it? You can overcome the devil. Amen. You can overcome the world. And yes, though you'll battle it this afternoon, and you'll battle it tomorrow, and you'll battle it on Thursday, and you'll battle it on Saturday, you can overcome the flesh. How do you do it? You got to have the Holy Ghost. Got to be filled with the Spirit. That we did this last week. We're going to do it again today. He said, Well, I got the Holy Ghost last week. Well, guess what? You need a refreshing today. Tuesday night, James, we got a group of men. There was 12 of us, too. Kind of felt like the upper room Tuesday night. I was, I just so. So enjoyed the prayer time here. Every Tuesday night, Joshua's men prayer, 6.30 to 7.30. Some of you men, you need to come out and join us. Wednesday morning, we have a women's prayer group from 11 to 12, Maranatha. Women of God that are available during the day, you need to come pray. I tell you, we better go after the Holy Ghost every day. I'm telling you, you don't go hard after God. You don't, you're not even aware of how vulnerable you are to the attacks of the enemy. But you go hard after God and you let all the evil and corruption surround you and fall on you. Let all the evil be present. But you, it'll slide off of you. You'll be like that beautiful white flower in the mouth of the coal mine. None of these, none of these things move me. Why? Because I'm a spirit-filled child of God.
I need some spirit-filled elders, some spirit-filled ministry leaders, spirit-filled staff, spouses. I need your help this morning. I'm going to ask you to come first. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost and you'll help me pray with people, I want you to move right now. I just want you to come and just stand across the front of this altar. Turn and face them. These are men and women of God that believe in the power of the Holy Ghost. You're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm a Christian. But I'm telling you, I feel like I'm constantly fighting the devil. I feel like I'm constantly fighting this, the world's influence. I feel like I'm constantly fighting the flesh. I've never been filled with the Holy Ghost. Or maybe I need a refilling. Or maybe I need a refreshing. I prayed in tongues three days ago. But I'd sure love to feel his touch again today. I don't know who you are. But I'm telling you right now. There's people in this room, you need the power of the Holy Ghost. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask you to be bold this morning. We're not doubting your salvation. We're just, we're just challenging you to get filled with the power from on high. Are you ready? You ready to overcome the devil? You ready to overcome the world? You ready to overcome the flesh? I want you to get up from where you are right now. Come. Come and stand in front of you, these, your brothers and sisters in Christ. We're going to pray for you. Come on. Come on. All over this house. Come on. Come on. Come on. Who's going to be the first one? Come on. Come on. Lord, let your Holy Ghost fall down on us. Come on. Come on. Come on. I need the Holy Ghost. Begin to lay hands on us. Come on. Come on. Don't be backward this morning. Don't be bashful this morning. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. From wherever you are. Come on. Come on. Come on. You know the word is challenging you. Time to sit. 